Hello and welcome to the Laughing Place podcast. Recording this on June 13th. Uh, there's eight minutes and five seconds in the third quarter, and the currently they're advertising Men in Black where the score should be. It's 72-66. Uh, Toronto's up. So by the time you listen to this, you'll know how this ends, but I don't yet. So there we go. Uh, today. I am Fanboy, joined by Kyle. Hello. Alex. Hi. And our very special guest star, Becky from Mouse Fan Travel. Hey, it's great to be back, and I am not following the game, so I'm sure glad that you're kind of keeping us posted on yeah, the latest yeah, happenings. I'll, I'll give everyone updates so that when they listen to the podcast, they will not care because the game will be over and everyone will know well you can update basketball and i'll keep him updated on our friend who is still online for hagrid's yeah so oh my gosh so normally we start the show with um remembering people we might have lost uh we'd like to start with remembering mike max sanity uh who has spent is it over nine hours yet over nine hours yeah it's over nine hours in line for whatever that Right, it's called. What's it? Hagrid's Royal Adventure? Magical motorbike or something? I don't yeah. know. Uh, Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> the Hagrid ride. The dueling Hagrids. Um, the, the, the roller coaster that replaced dueling dragons, which was replaced by something else. Not in name only. What was it called when it was Harry Potter Land, Alex? Dragon uh, Challenge? The, yeah, Dragon Challenge. It was like the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, so um, I have no idea how good the ride is yet because I haven't, you know, been on it. But uh, I know I don't want to wait nine hours for it because uh, I don't want to wait nine hours for anything. Like I could literally, well, not that's I hate saying that term, but I could have gone on a plane and been in Hong Kong Disneyland by now. <laughs> oh my god, I can't imagine, especially in the Florida heat. Standing out and there in queue rained. for that long, oh. and it's rained. There's no uh, whatever. What do you call it? And you it's know, outdoors. When protect- it rains, the the line gets longer because they have to shut it down. Oh, so oh, well, good for them. Opening days for the attraction. I was thinking summer in Florida, but <laughs> well, apparently it's great. Uh, people who've reported back so far have said that they had. A awesome time on the ride and it really is a great experience but like you i haven't seen it myself for? you know there was a time <laughs> when i i waited three and a half hours for rocket rods um i don't think i'll ever make that mistake again <laughs> see i don't like I, part of the fun on something like this is waiting in line uh and just being part of the hoopla and all that i get yeah. it i don't begrudge people who wait long times i yeah. mean and and as as spoiled as I am, I I I recently waited in line for two hours for uh, a flight of passage just because I wanted to see you know I hadn't been in the standby queue, so um, I, I get it. But nine hours and the worst part is when it rains and the ride just shuts down and you're not yeah. moving. There's nothing new to see. You've already you, how many Harry Potter movies could you have seen? Like you could have seen three Harry Potter movies at least. <laughs> Wow, good point. Uh, Maybe four, depending on which ones you've chosen. Right. <laughs> it's it's my back when they first opened the Shrek 4D thing at Universal Holly, uh, Florida. It was in a very small theater. They didn't have the second theater yet, and the the pre-show was just Shrek on loop, and you could watch the entire film 
while you waited in line to see Shrek 4D. Wow. So I'm I'm sorry, Mac. Uh, I, Taking one for the team. But, and I, to show you how dedicated it is, Mike Celestino is currently at an all-night party celebrating the anniversary of uh, Mickey Mouse Disco, the album. Or... Macho, macho duck. And... <laughs> I want to be a macho duck. I was told Not there'd be quite. no singing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I break rules. You awful. need to pay attention to the riders. <laughs> <laughs> they, um... So and then so he's gonna be roller skating his night away, uh, with his, uh, and if you haven't seen a picture of what Mickey and Minnie look like in their disco outfits, it's Mickey with the like unbuttoned shirt with the gold chain is something to behold. It's a sight to see. <laughs> I was I was impressed that they didn't go one step further and have little like tufts of hair coming out of like the collar <laughs> of his shirt. So. Uh, and then he's going to be turning around to be at Disneyland at six in the morning no. to celebrate the anniversary of the monorail, Matterhorn, and uh, submarine voyage. Uh, apparently, the uh, Fantasyland Octopia didn't make the cut. And, Did they get uh, a, a Nixon to come and rechristen anything? I think they're going to steal the pre- Well, this might get a little political. They're going to steal the president uh, and uh, take him around the monorail for like an hour. Ooh. If for those who, that's not a political comment. That's a joke about the opening yeah, of the Matterhorn. Yeah, uh, no, no modern political commentary. <laughs> nope. It, no email any president history. So in any case, uh, we're, we're, we have Becky here. So we're going to talk a lot about Disney destinations around the world, uh, but mostly America. <laughs> yes. Um, we do want, there's two new trailers came out uh, since we've last been with you. One is for I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this one first, even though it came out more recently. Frozen Two, Electric Boogaloo, and a lot similar to the first one, but they finally sort of revealed that the plot of this movie is Elsa, you know, trying to find out why Elsa was born with magic wintery powers. So, uh, Alex, what do you think of the trailer? I mean, the tone of Frozen Two looks a lot more different than the tone of frozen one just based on the trailer but also if you go back and rewatch the trailers for frozen one they really sold it as something entirely different from what it actually was so i mean it's it's hard to really judge too much i mean it looks exciting i love fall as a season i miss it very much since i no longer live in a in a um more than two season zone. And uh, so I'm excited that that fall is a big part of it. The water horse looks cool. It's weird, but it looks cool. It's funny because they make it seem super tense. And then there's like, you know, they're going through this action scene. There's Olaf's goofy face. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's still going to be in the movie. So it can only get too, you know, so real. Uh, Yeah. And haven't they even shown Oaken as being part of it? I feel like there's a quick know. clip of, like, a quick shot of Oaken. So it's like, okay, yeah, woohoo. It's in the movie. So I, I have a question about Oaken. Because Oaken is voiced by former Disney uh, person Chris Williams. But now that he left Disney Animation, like, is there any, you know, is he still willing to come back? Well, Chris Sanders still comes back anytime they need Stitch. So, I mean, I'm as far as I know, 
he didn't leave on bad terms. He left for a new opportunity. I would expect him to be back. But, I mean, even if not, I mean, that's not a hard voice for someone to replicate. Anyone else have any thoughts on Frozen 2's uh, second trailer? I like the purple fire. Becky? I, I really like the kind of dark and twisty, ominous feeling about it. It allows the characters to kind of grow up and expand a little bit with the, you know, the audience that's been following it. So I'm really intrigued by how this whole story is going to turn out. So the other trailer came from the other animation studio, Pixar, which I don't know if you noticed, they've changed their Twitter handle from at Disney Pixar to at Pixar because, you know, that probably makes more sense. Um, And it's Onward, which is uh, Dan Scanlon's new film. He is the one who did Monsters University, and the conceit is it takes place in like a fairy tale world, but that has kind of moved on to just being normal. So there's creatures, but they're all just living in the suburbs. Uh, Kind of a different take. Like, for example, the unicorns are like the equivalent of like raccoons going through your garbage. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, uh, and, and I think features like and the cast is like 40% Avengers. Uh, you got Tom Holland and Chris Pratt uh, work voicing brothers together. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus is uh, in the movie as well from A Bug's Life fame. And presumably John Ratchenberger will be in it. And isn't Bonnie Hunt in the cast list for this one too? I feel like they're going with a lot of Pixar like voice favorites mm-hmm. they um uh chris octavia the according to wikipedia my source for all pixar news uh that must be true tom holland chris pratt julia louise dreyfus and octavia spencer it's, it's louis but they don't listen john Rat, list john ratzenberger but i gotta imagine he's in it i mean if he was in the all latino voice cast coco <laughs> why wouldn't he be an onward <laughs> So I, I, you should have I recently did an interview. Him, yeah. yeah, I I interviewed uh, John Ratzenberger uh, to about Tom, Toy Story four, uh, not too long ago, and I, I you know, we were t- I was talking about that, and he goes like, I like Mexican food, so that was his <laughs> excuse for being in, in Coco. That was random. Same. <laughs> Because who doesn't? <laughs> Although I guess the big question is, is like, is it? Well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, Alex, you, you seem to have a real reaction to Onward. I am, I am more excited for Onward than I think I have been for any original Pixar film in the past decade. Hmm. I mean, I was. Has there I been was, an original? Pixar film film in the past decade. Um, way to call me out. Not many, but <laughs> <laughs> I think Up was like exactly ten years ago. Isn't this year Up's anniversary? Two thousand nine. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I mean, I was I was excited for Up, but this is like on my level. I was the weird little boy who um, watched the animated Metal Pony series in the late eighties. Had a bunch of ponies. Little Mermaid came out when I was three. I was about everything mermaid. I gave my mom more than a few heart attacks by binding my ankles together with a diving ring, putting on flippers and going in the deep end, (laughs) trying to be a mermaid. And um, so this is my world. 
that's just become suburbia and i'm really excited oh also troll dolls which i know this isn't trolls but like the, i don't know the the elfish main characters something about them reminds me of like the old arms sticking out straight to the side troll dolls uh so this is for me they've made this movie just for for me alex from laughing place and i will see it probably multiple times the trailer made me laugh really hard um when i first heard the concept i thought it was a little weird but you know you always have to kind of trust that pixar is, is doing the right thing and i think all but one time they've um they've impressed me so uh good dinosaur and uh, so i'm i'm really looking forward to it onward one of my favorite things that i've ever seen on twitter was when they were doing those things where it was like list but not really and then the last two were real and mm-hmm. so it was like one, it is impossible. Two, well, it was rate. ranking. Three, it was, it was like a list of ranking mm-hmm. the Pixar films. Mm-hmm. So it was like one was it is, two is impossible. It went down the list of like to rank all these films because they're so perfect. And all of a sudden, there was twenty, The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> 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 it was like that's the one that like unanimously we agree. Which I I I will say I feel really bad for Peter Stone because I think he's such a talented artist. I think he's got great visions, and I think he inherited you know, a production that was really doomed and, and because it was his directorial debut, I think he took the hit on it and I think unfairly so. I would like to see him get another chance. Kyle, onward. Um well we actually talked a little bit about this on the last show and I don't remember what I said then, but it still hasn't left much of an impression on me either way. So But did you grow up in the original like having a tea party every week, my little pony and Oh, series? I definitely did not, no. Did you almost drown yourself in swimming pools pretending to be a mermaid? Uh, maybe a little bit, actually. What part of your life, what part of your life do you think is normal, Alex? <laughs> this movie's made for me. I love, I love the like the the disgruntled mermaid in the backyard in their kitty pool. Becky. Yeah, how do I follow that? <laughs> did you, did was... you bind your legs together <laughs> as a child? I have to say no. I I did not. Uh, I did not do that. Um, much to uh, probably the glee of my parents. <laughs> but uh, one thing I, I am is learning a lot about you guys uh, just in this one little segment, which is is pretty awesome. But I'd like for... to join you for the uh, our last episode with Mouse Fan Travel as a preferred travel <laughs> partner, as Becky has decided to uh, send it's us a cease and desist letter. No, because I'm kind of there with you on some of these points because um, I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about Onward. The movies aren't really my biggest wheelhouse. I'm just one of the little nerdy fans that goes, oh, my gosh, that looks so cool. I got to go. When I saw this trailer was pretty much the, really the first time that I'd really paid attention to it. I'd heard that it was coming. I heard some stuff about the Pixar piece, but not a lot about it. So when I watched it, it really kind of sucked me into the story with the the fantasy world and, and the two teenage brothers and what their quests that they're trying to go on. And a lot of the things in the trailer were very relatable. So it really piqued my curiosity as to what this whole story and how it's going to flesh out. And of course, from who's making it and their pedigree. And in all honesty, all you had to pretty much say is Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. And I'm going to give it a listen just for that. So in my defense, I will say somebody (laughs) who probably saw me on like Google earth as a kid decided to steal my invention. And they now sell flippers that are bound together as mermaid feet. So you could have been a millionaire. How, yeah, I should have. I should have shark tanked me. Yes. This, this idea. <laughs> do you think 
Do you think you were born in a world where Google Earth was watching you in 1989? It's, I mean, I don't know what, what kind of top secret tech people were experimenting with that wasn't on the mass market yet. But uh, I feel, I felt uh, when I saw those for the first time in stores, I felt intellectually robbed. <laughs> Speaking of being robbed of your time, Alex, Dark Phoenix. Oh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Um. Well, I mean, it's the supposedly last X-Men film we're getting in the, the franchise as we know it, which has been going on for 19 years without a, a real true reboot. Um, it's not the worst in the franchise, certainly not the best. It's actually the second time that they've tried to adapt the Dark Phoenix storyline. The first time was kind of a minimal subplot in uh, the third film, The Last Stand. Um, neither are great interpretations of it, um, which is unfortunate. Through Marvel Unlimited, I did read the the comic series. I'd seen the animated uh, series uh, story arc of it way back when in the 90s. But, you know, I was excited for it. X-Men has, was my gateway, my entry point into uh, really comics in general. Like before I ever was even into Batman or Superman, I was into the X-Men animated series. And so, I mean, it's it's underwhelming. It's not terrible. Uh, if you've seen every film in the franchise so far, you know you'll you'll be probably lukewarm to it. It's not a must see, um, but definitely maybe check it out if you're if you're into the series. But it's weird because they've they've announced that this is the last one, but it certainly doesn't play that way. It doesn't end in any way that feels finite. Uh, it actually ends in a way that kind of leaves you feeling like this should go on. Um, I, I I don't know. It it it's it's okay. It's not spectacular. I wish it was better. I have lots to say on this. Um, I, so I have a friend who hosts a Marvel podcast, uh, Ryan, who always does his interviews uh, and asks, "What's your Marvel origin story? Like, how did you get into Marvel?" And he always talks about how um, it, it, like people would just always seem to mention that it's always. Um, the X-Men cartoon series from the 80s, 90s, whatever it ended up being. It came and, out in 92. Okay, so 90s. And Which is I the was, year this film takes place. I, oh, good point. For whatever uh, reason. They did an amazing job of telling the Phoenix Saga. Uh, they did it in two parts. They did the Phoenix Saga for however many episodes. Then they did the Dark Phoenix Saga. And I... I I hadn't read the comic, obviously, at that point. No, I guess not, obviously. but um, And it's like the biggest X-Men epic ever done. And to see it sort of putter at to an end like this um, is kind of sad. It, it, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. It wasn't, you know, it, 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 I agree that this wasn't designed to be the end of the X-Men saga, I think it's just the end because Disney bought 21st Century Fox and they're going to put them in the MCU and somehow and, you know, start over in whatever way that means. And um, I, I, I'm just disappointed that it didn't um, wrap up. I mean, just the, the significance that the X-Men franchise had for, Mar for, you know, sort of laying the groundwork for the MCU. Kevin Feige started on the X-Men movies and, they showed that they um, can be 
you know, Marvel movies can be successful and we might not even have the MCU without uh, the X-Men franchise. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's time to move on from, quote, Brian Singer's X-Men saga, uh, particularly after what's going on there. So um, I, I, I trust Kevin to bring the X-Men into the MCU in a way that makes sense at some point and in a way that's more brilliant than I could conceive. And uh, I look forward to that day. It doesn't need to be tomorrow. It doesn't need to be even five years from now. But it, it, this was just a disappointment. But I will say, I mean, even though this is the end of, like, the X-Men core film franchise, allegedly, they're they're making Deadpool 3, right? Which is kind of tertiary to the same universe. Well, like, Deadpool is kind of, I mean, tongue-in-cheek is kind of right. its own thing. It makes and fun I, of all this, and it, it, it makes fun of the mcu as well um it's very self-aware but uh i mean i i lump the deadpool movies into this franchise like when i'm talking about the x-men films as a franchise i'm also lumping in all the spin-off films that that are on the same storyline even though deadpool seems to be in like yet a third timeline mm-hmm. of events yeah i think it's I, I think we'll see how that all plays out and you know, Deadpool three is not in production, as far as I know. So uh, I think we, I think this summer we're going to learn a lot about the future of the MCU, and uh, whether it's at uh, Comic Con or the D twenty three Expo. And uh, I, uh, I think yeah, all will be clear at some point. I mean, one of the things too, when I was thinking about the comic story arc, because I read it. Uh, just a few months ago through uh, Marvel Unlimited. And one of the things that's you know, a central point of the Dark Phoenix saga is that Jean Grey really brings together three X-Men characters that are kind of at a crossroads. Like she's the central point between Cyclops and Wolverine, who are both at, at odds, both, both in terms of their philosophy on how to lead the X-Men, but also because they're both like have had affairs with Jean Grey and then Professor X, who's kind of losing his leadership um, and and everyone's kind of defecting between Cyclops and Wolverine. And so Wolverine isn't in this. It takes place, you know, after the events of Days of Future Past, but still before Wolverine wanders in eight years later to to the X-Men. So it, it was weird to have that piece missing as well. They still try to come up with new conflict between characters but none of it was as gripping as as that kind of uh love triangle mixed with a father figure um trying to unite everyone at odds so i'm just gonna update everyone we've mac has hit the 10 hour mark (laughs) waiting for uh hagrid's excellent adventure and it is currently 82 85 golden state Buck 30 left in the third quarter, and Clay Thompson got injured. So that's happening. I like this little time <laughs> capsule aspect you're giving. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got into just about to you the in? loading room, and then they, I guess it broke down again. So. Oh. He's so close. Well, it broke down or something? He said there was another delay, so I don't know, but that sounds like a technical issue. Didn't Gringotts have, like, infamous breakdown challenges yes. its first couple months in operation? It sure did. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, but I don't need to be anywhere near the chaos. I will go in, like, four or five months when all of Central Florida has had their fix, <laughs> and then I'll enjoy it. 
I'm with you. So today, uh, Disney Cruise Line announced some enhancements to the Disney Wonder coming as part of its dry dock. It's This isn't, you know, what I can call a major dry dock. It's one of those two-weekers. Uh, and they're going to be redoing uh, Vibe, the teen club, uh, Cove Cafe, the sort of adult coffee bar. Woohoo! And... Uh, which is very important on the Wonder because it goes to Alaska and it's cold, so you need as much indoor space as possible. And uh, and the the one I thought was interesting was it seems like turning the Promenade Lounge into a Tiana-themed New Orleans lounge. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is, it is on the same level as Tiana's place, right? Yeah, so it sort of like creates like a, a little pre-function area. yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, when we were going to dinner at Tiana's place, the line, I mean, we sat in promenades rather than standing in the line waiting to get in. Um, and, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, promenade Lounge has always been kind of like one of the weaker areas on the ship to me anyway. I would like to see it livened up with some, some New Orleans flair. I mean, it's definitely the most unthemed part of the sh- probably Disney Cruise Line. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just it's just sort of like a family lounge for f- couches and categories um but it is it just i gotta say on the new ships i kind of miss having that family lounge place because there's they during the day they can do things in after hour or what the adult areas but it doesn't have that sort of fun place that is as conducive to like trivia or just hearing a piano player so it doesn't sound like that programming's going away because they're uh, they're still going to have um, act family activities, trivia, character encounters, but they're adding uh, stuff such as like wrought iron balconies, brick walls, shutter framed windows. So I guess just kind of really trying to theme that space. Yeah, I'm and, a fan. Uh, I think it's a welcome change because, like you said, that's been like a multi-purpose use area that didn't have any real story or theming to it. And the feedback that they've received about Tiana's place has been overwhelmingly positive. So if you take that and just extend it, so you've got the lounge that is the beginning of the story that leads you into the dining room that allows you to keep going with that story. And a lot of people on those, um, on those sailings uh, may be only in Tiana's place once or twice mm-hmm. during their voyage. So, Everyone loves the music. They love the entertainment. They love the decor. So why not bring it out into an area that someone can enjoy more than just once or, or twice during their, their cruise? So I think that that's a fantastic idea on their part. And it turns an area that's just kind of vanilla into something that really will envelop into a story. And I think, you know, what part of what they do at Tiana's Place is they have sort of a, you know, Bayou Brass Band mm-hmm. uh, playing. And so it gives those folks another entire Instead of trying to shoehorn them around the ship when dinner's not happening, it gives them another place to play that feels unique, and they can kind of lean into that again. Because that's, I mean, New Orleans, no place in the in the states has better music than New Orleans. So yeah, um, and you know. and they will have the the uh, gazebo stage up there. So I have a feeling that we will be seeing a lot of that jazz music, um, which would be so cool to just sit there and. 
uh, sip on a, a specialty cocktail for me because I <laughs> like cocktails and, and watch the world go by uh, with all the windows and all the decor and the music. And I, I just think that this is going to be a really good welcome change for, for the ship. Yeah, I, I didn't know you were such a big Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> well, yeah, not so much Tom Cruise, but yes, I do like my adult beverages. So, <laughs> where do you think I went the first time when I walked into to Galaxy's Edge? I was trying to find the cantina. Just <laughs> how long did you wait? Um, actually, I was there for the media event, so happily oh, I was nice. able to go in. Um, but I was there also for opening day, and they didn't quite have the. Um, the virtual queue in place yet. So the wait time was two and a half hours, which I said, I said, you know what? I think I'll have my adult beverage elsewhere and just enjoy the rest of the land because there was no time. I wasn't going to stand in line for two and a half hours when I only had four hours to enjoy the the land on that day. Makes sense. Wow. So I, I, I can't say that the little bubble gum smoothie thing is very good at Promenade Lounge. And so hopefully that, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a goofy themed drink of the day when when you had it i've never heard of that it was um well we did we most recently did our first ever dvc member cruise uh-huh. and bill farmer was one of the guests so each day the drinks of the day would be themed to either a presentation that was happening or or a guest on board and they would do the same with a meal at dinner time they would kind of rebrand an item to be um, on theme with something happening unique for the member cruise and so one day it was like a goofy smoothie that was bubblegum flavored. And, and you had it at Promenade, but it was at every every bar on the ship. That's cool. That's really cool. So, uh, I, so Becky, I mean, you talked about it, but when these ships get to go through dry dock, it, it, we, I mean, they talk about the headline stuff, but they kind of touch up the whole experience right well generally they do soft goods uh yeah. when you have a smaller uh, shorter dry dock so they'll go through and they'll rehab the carpeting if it needs to be redone the um uh, the pillows the blankets the mattresses whatever that they need to turn over if it's been a while they'll re- um, replace all of the soft goods on the ship and then if they have the time they'll be able to do these types of changes where you're not building a location you're just bringing up and dressing it up if you're talking about the the lounge or the cove cafe uh, turning it into more of a local coffee shop i mean there's not gonna be a lot of changes in there i think it sounds like it's going to be furniture it's going to probably be some color it's going to be um, some differences that we'll definitely notice but nothing structural, nothing that's uh, right. going to be so major that, you know, it, it's going to be an issue. But that's where you see those really long dry docks where all of a sudden, huh, the wonders disappeared for four weeks off of the, you know, <laughs> off of the calendar. What's going on here? Then you see that there's going to be something a little bit different coming along the line. So, yeah, and, and uh, you know what I like about the, the smaller dry dock? I mean, obviously the big dry dock, it's like getting a whole new ship sometimes. Yeah. But the smaller dry docks, it's, it's like. You know, we were just on the wonder and, you know, it's getting the new television system and get, you know, some new equipment in the spas. And it, it just everything seems a little fresher. I mean, because it is. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, I mean, it's not a reason to go and, you know, book now, you know, quickly and fast. But, you know, it does. I think it shows a testament. It's a testament to Disney committing to um yeah, well, the, to their existing ships. I mean, it's not. I mean, obviously, every ship does dry docks. Every ship eventually gets yeah. some carpets replaced. But I don't think that any. Oh, I shouldn't say. You know, I, I. I'm not. From what I understand, not every cruise line 
puts as much money into their older ships as Disney does. Correct. There, there are a couple of cruise lines that do really well with their older ships. Um, Celebrity is a great example of a, a company that takes their older ships and tries to keep them up as much as possible and, and current and refreshed. Um, so a lot of them do that, but some others who have 30, 40 ships in their fleet or close uh, will take those older ships, refresh them slightly, and then put them on the, the really quick three- and four-day cruises because they get a lot of traffic. Um, what I lo- love about Disney, though, is that, I mean, this ship is 20 years old, and not a lot of ships have been you know, kept up to that level across the board in the cruise line industry. So it does kind of say how much they are committed to keeping the legacy of the ships, because these were the first ones, the Magic and the Wonder, that, that uh, were part of the fleet. And they are keeping them in such a way that you don't, um, you still want to sail on them because, you know, granted, there's the latest, greatest, biggest. We, of course, have three brand new ships that are going to be coming uh, down the pike in 21, 22, and 23. But they still want to keep um, focus and keep people on these uh, on the older ships as well. So you do have to keep them in, um, in really good shape and offer them something new because if you're a Disney cruiser like I am where you're going once or twice a year on a Disney ship you don't want to see the same thing over and over again you do want to see something new and and fresh and exciting that you can't wait to to book to go experience well and we were just on the wonder and obviously right before the dry dock mm-hmm. and you don't you're not going around here and saying this is an old ship right like, you don't feel dissatisfied and Disney doesn't have the opportunity, as some other cruise lines do, to kind of sell their ships to a lesser cruise line because mm-hmm. by the time you rip out all the Disney stuff, I mean, there's not much left. Um, so, you know, I mean, they they sort of either had to or they'd have to retire it or do whatever. But you, you go through and, you know, obviously I, I would say book trips on all four ships, but, you know, you don't, you're, not, you're not getting a B-level experience on the Magic or Wonder. You're getting – you know, the full Disney Cruise Line experience. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people prefer the older ships because they don't have a ton of space where you feel like you just run a marathon to try to get from, you know, your cabin to the to the dining room. Um, some of these ships are huge, and it's a lot to get around. So the smaller ships have a more charming feel, uh, a little bit more intimate uh, great for things like Alaska because the last thing you want to do is pull into an Alaska port and have 5,000 people um, <laughs> take over the port. Excellent so point. to have, you know, 1,300, that's doable. Uh, so I, I think that it's a lot of people are drawn to, you know, after you've done one or two on the, the larger ships with the newest, latest, greatest bells and whistles, some people will love to just pull back to the older ships that do have a little bit more of a relaxing atmosphere to them. So I think they're going to, as long as they can keep them, like you said, refreshed and and looking like they are brand new, which they pretty much kind of do when they come out of dry dock, um, it's going to be a wonderful experience for those who want that more intimate feel. Speaking of continuously enhancing, the Disney Fantasy has announced that they're going to be refreshing the Aladdin show hmm. and also will be replacing what I, uh, Disney Wishes with uh, Frozen from the Disney Wonder. And as I try and find the information. Hmm. 
Disney Fantasy. I remember hearing something about that, but I didn't realize that it was happening right now. So well, let's... let me see here. So I think it was Aladdin got replaced right away, and then Frozen's coming this yeah. fall. Got so it. I got. I got it here. Okay, so Aladdin is starting with a refreshed look, um, with uh, new choreography, updated script, um, scene additions, new puppetry, and reimagined costumes, lighting, video, and projection, and pyro. And then, and not it's not the live action version, but they're kind of using that as a reason why they're reinvesting in that brand. And then Frozen is coming in the fall uh, from the Disney Wonder. So it starts October 26th, and, and the new Aladdin's apparently already running. Um, I do I did love Disney hmm. Wishes. I thought that was a little sweet story, but you know, time goes on, and. Uh, so if next time you're on the Disney Fantasy, there should be something new-ish to see. Yeah, I've got kind of a, a mixed feeling about that. <laughs> well, well, they're wonderful and great. We're, we're seeing Aladdin in the theaters. We're seeing it, you know, in, in on Broadway. Seeing it here, it's almost like I personally prefer the um, the original shows. I I don't know why. Maybe it's because you can only see them on the Disney Cruise. Mix them in with a couple of these, that'd be great. But I do kind of miss seeing like the Disney Dream, um, the the original productions that they do with the IP from Disney. But, and I agree. I, but on, I, on our last cruise, what was really interesting, they did Disney Dreams the first night instead of the last night. And the theater was maybe 40%, 50% attended. And then everything else that we went to, including frozen was like 100% occupancy they were turning people away <laughs> wow. which was interesting yeah very and what's it what's i mean the cruise line's been around for 20 years but while they've obviously made changes disney dreams has been around for 20 years too that yeah. was an opening day show and so i mean i love it it's my i it's my favorite cruise line show um but i uh, i i can see that especially on a cruise where you have a lot of um, repeat gas. I can see, you know, yeah. wanting to see something new. Yeah, but... I guess. I guess my point is not that uh, to keep Disney Dreams around. That's kind of like trying to keep Illuminations around. <laughs> but, um, to, but to maybe look at doing something that is original, a, a different original take, uh, rather than just rehashing the the same productions that we're seeing um, done on Broadway and so well, forth. No, and I, I kind of feel it. better about Aladdin now than I did when it started because when it's launched on the Disney Fantasy, it was still playing at DCA. Yeah. I'm like, I've gone all the way to the middle of the ocean to see something I can see at DCA. Now, granted, not every guest goes everywhere like we do, but right. I kind of felt like, and you know, it didn't have the carpet effect because you're in the middle of the ocean, and so it was like, I, I don't know, I just felt it was, um, just nothing special and. You know, up until that point, um, you know, most of the shows on the Disney Cruise Line, Golden Mickey's, um, you know, even the Hercules show, at least, you know, they had a reason to exist. Yeah. Whereas I felt just putting shoehorning Aladdin in um, just felt a little lazy. Now, I've never I never got to see it, but do you think Disney Cruise Line Entertainment is burned like burned after Villains Tonight? Because it seems like. Cruise Line initially invested a lot in original um, stage content. And even Hercules, the musical, was quite a different take on 
on Hercules, and it didn't feel like they just plunked the show on stage like it does with Frozen and Tangled. Um, but like they seem to be playing it safe now with more shows that are pretty much just a Broadway-style version of a classic story. I think it's marketing. I think it's easy to sell, come to Disney Cruise Line to see Frozen versus come see a medley of <clears throat> show, you know. But right, those medleys uh, have the potential to have more wide appeal. And like during Disney Dreams, without fail, you know, I mean, as the show progresses, you'll see people get giddy or gasp or get excited when, when something that's a favorite of theirs appears. But then by the end, when they pull out Circle of Life, Every single person is like, oh, I didn't expect this and, and, and gets, <laughs> you know, really overwhelmed by it because, you know, no, they're not bringing out Simba puppets or anything like that. Um, you know, you're going through the motions of like Peter Pan, Cinderella, Little Mermaid, um, you know, all those those kind of things you synonymously think of as Disney classics that you would expect. And then mm -hmm. Lion King is like the wild card they throw in there that then everyone gives a standing ovation before the finale. Um, I feel like those give a better opportunity to kind of please the masses. Whereas with Frozen, there's bound to be somebody, at least a couple people in the audience, dragged there by the rest of their family um, <laughs> and not particularly enthusiastic about it. But I, th I think it's it's not so much the guest enjoyment while they're on the ship. I just think it's easier to make a commercial or blog post or whatever. And you say Frozen the musical, people know what that means. If I say Disney wishes, Disney dream, Disney believe – it sounds like a fireworks show. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think of the marketing before I ever stepped foot on a Disney cruise line because I didn't get to experience one until probably, you know, almost 10 years into the fleet's existence. But I remember on like the end of the VHS era, they had that little intro that plugged all of Disney's projects it would show like a clip of beauty and the beast on stage in, in at uh in broadway but for disney cruise line it had like that stock image of the ship sailing away at sunset and tinkerbell flying over it but i feel like then they plugged an image of the curtain call of disney dreams it was like oh my god all those characters um you know and that was like the image they would push on it no marketing conversation about <laughs> disney cruise line should com be complete without do you remember the little souvenir commercial uh, I, I probably hmm. would if you explained it. I think it was probably 2000, 2001, two, somewhere in there, early 2000s. And it was a commercial, and there's a little girl and a mom in a stroller on an elevator. And the little girl is just going on and on about how wonderful their cruise experience was. And then the mom goes, it was, it was, it was like, over a year ago and the girl keeps going on and on and she talks about how much fun the parents had at the adult area and they oh yes and then they so, go yes, and, yes, and yes. then she goes and they and they call my little brother our little souvenir oh yeah right <laughs> that was cute i remember that now i think about that every time the guest next to me in my stateroom um oh wow <laughs> TMI. I think yeah. we should, we've crossed the line. <laughs> I just got to say, uh, in the dry dock, I hope they put more um, thicker walls. Um, I've, never, I've never had that. I've never had an issue hearing anyone in a room next to me. I've had the issue hearing people in the hallway, but they have those nice signs, like observing quiet hours. To well, I, I uh, one time I was I was I, I shared a room with Doobie and Rebecca, and they were in the main bedroom part and i was like on the couch and i couldn't sleep because the people next door were noisy and i didn't want to wake up doobie 
And so I and Rebecca. And so I had nothing to do except sit there and listen to it for 20 ish minutes. Um, <laughs> so um, moving on on that. Moving note. <laughs> on. Um, so I, we, we, we touched about it briefly, but I, when we talked about it, we wanted to kind of wait for Becky cause she's our uh, travel expert. Um, but adventures by Disney has announced uh, their 2020 slate. Uh, there's sort of two new things happening, if I'm not mistaken. One is their Egypt itinerary, which sold out in like a hot second. And then for adult exclusive uh, itineraries, for many of their uh, uh, destinations, they're adding specific extra experiences for the adult exclusive uh, departure dates. Um, mm-hmm. So, and uh, I don't know, Becky, you're, you're the expert. What do you got to say? <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's actually another thing that they've done, too, that uh, kind of surprised me. And I'm not sure what I think about it yet because I haven't really studied uh, some of the locations. But they also reimagined the Montana itinerary. Really? Yeah, where it actually goes to uh, or starts, goes round trip from Bozeman, Montana now and includes a uh, big sky stop where it goes to a dude ranch, much like the um, – the previous uh, version did and includes zip line and whitewater rafting and uh, you go to Yellowstone. So that's another one that is kind of intriguing to me because it is a North American itinerary. Perfect for a group of, of friends or a f- you know families would really enjoy that kind of um, activity. So that was one of the ones that I was kind of eyeing going, huh, that'd be a really cool one to do as a group, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's one. go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on the I, adult itineraries. Now, this is very cool because I, I do a lot of buyouts and a lot of trips that are just adults only. And I think Disney is just now catching on that there's a lot of us out there that that don't have uh, 2.5 kids. And we really love Disney and we'd like to you know do some of these adventures as well. And that allows if you're going to go as an adult. It allows you to be the kid. It allows, you know, the, the guides become the parents and the rest of us can just have fun without worrying about, you know, what, what the kids are up to or what they aren't doing. Instead, you're thinking about them at grandma and grandpa's house and they're being taken care of while you get to have a real vacation. Uh, but some of the things that they've added, and I know there's a lot of um, focus on the river cruises, too, that they've rolled out. Uh, so they're trying to appeal more to the adult exclusive uh, people on the um, on the river cruises because those are, in my opinion, my personal opinion, uh, better tuned to the, the families because the guides do uh, have the skill set to keep the kids at, occupied on a river cruise because there's nothing to do for kids on a river cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the things that they are, are enhancing are like a, a dinner cruise down the Seine, um, they're adding a couple of interesting ceremonial type uh, experiences uh, in Laos. They also have a little bit of a, what they say? So it says a private excursion for the Northern Lights in I- Iceland, which, you know what, <laughs> if you're going to go to Iceland, that's the thing I really wanted to do. And uh, when I was up there on a Disney cruise adventure, um, 
uh, unfortunately, we were like a week too early to see the oh. Northern Lights. So, uh, so it really killed me. But that would definitely be something that I would uh, be interested in doing. Moving to Egypt, I will say this surprised me that they brought it back for 2020. I'm glad they did. Uh, for those who don't know, they actually had this several years ago. They had an Egypt trip, and uh, things were getting a little hairy in that area, and they started feeling maybe it's not the best thing to take a whole bunch of families uh, on a Disney trip in the middle of Egypt at the time. And I'm happy to see that they feel that it's safe enough and comfortable enough to uh, restart the adventure because Egypt is one of those places that people have on their bucket lists. And whether it be retirees or adults with no kids or families because there's so much history and so much to be seen and learned in Egypt that um, an adventure by Disney is a one of the ways I think that if I was going to travel there that's how I would do it because you know you're, you're going to be safe you know you're going to be taken care of you know that you're going to stay in the best places uh, and as you uh, travel around you're going on flights from place to place to place. It's not like you're going to get on a bus and drive for 14 hours to, to um, Luxor. They actually are flying you, and you uh, have four internal in, inter-country flights that gets you to the different destinations. So it's exciting to see it's back. I'm hoping that they have a great year. I'm hoping that there's no issues Um you know, obviously Disney does great due diligence to make sure that that everything is going to run as smoothly as at all possible. And like you said, it sold out in a hot second. It's so I have a feeling that they're going to come back. They're going to test and adjust because it's their first time back in in many years. And next year for 2021, 2022, they can only make it even more magical. And you know they. I've done a bunch of these adventures. My fo- <laughs> parents have actually done more than I have. And the the China trip that they did um, or are doing uh, is probably the best vacation I've ever had in my life. Um, I mean, as, as it's hard to compare to like, you know, your first visit to Walt Disney World or whatnot. <laughs> but being able to experience the culture in China in a safe way where you are also getting to sort of have a little bit of Disney pixie dust, and particularly with that one where you actually go to Disney parks to kind of bookend the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just an amazing experience. But I've also done uh, one of the river cruises. Uh, we've done some of their embedded cruises. So basically you go on a, the Disney cruise line in the Mediterranean, but then you also add an Adventures by Disney sort of package on top of it. And those were fantastic because you don't get the – I don't know. You go to these ports and you go, you book a port adventure and then there's always, it's like a, you know, you always feel kind of slimy cause you're not getting Disney level service, you know, not maybe they're just, it's just unreasonable expectation, but this way you're accompanied by Disney all the way through and they mm-hmm. meet all of your needs um, throughout the experience. And uh, my parents went to South Africa, uh, Jeremiah good. You can follow his report when he went to South Africa as well on laughing place they're just amazing experiences they're not something you know they're they're reach goals you know you might even want to start with a you know a shorter north american based experience but it it's if you're going to go to one of these cities around the world or countries as the case may be there's i can't conceive of a better way to do it 
and uh, we, we, Alex and I are going to be going on one uh, in 2020, and uh, we can't wait. Uh, we're also <laughs> going, uh, we're also going with you, Becky. I know. Uh, in 2019 to uh, the wonderful world of Japan. I know. I am so excited about that too. This is where, uh, I, you know me. I am an adventure by Dis- Disney girl myself. This will be number 16 for me uh, wow. when we go to Japan. So I'm addicted to this product, and it's not only just for doing groups and for my job. I actually do this for my own personal vacations because I love it so much. And I typically when I'm on vacation, I, I'm like, I, I don't want to be around people <laughs> because it's one of those things that when you work with people for a living, your vacation, you kind of don't want to sit and talk about vacations. But I have a lot of people that come to me and they'll say, well, you know what? I don't want to do group travel because I'm going with a whole bunch of strangers. I'm stuck on a bus with them. You know what, There's a, there are some suppliers out there that it does kind of feel a little tedious that way, but not an adventure. I have met some of the most amazing people, some of the most amazing guides. I, an adventure by Disney is the experience it is because of the guides. I love these people. They take care of you from the moment that you show up to the moment they put you back on your transfer to go to the airport. I have so much respect for the job that they do, and they are always watching everybody for any need that might be out there um, to see if they can make the the experience more magical for sure. And like you said, at first, when you look at these, you look at the price and you go, uh, I'm not going to spend that kind of money for this this experience. But if you sit down and really look at what's included and then try to price it on your own, you're probably going to spend more doing it yourself or doing it with um, like type of of, uh, tour companies and knowing that you've got the Disney brand behind you, you, you know, it's worth um, every penny. And once you've done an adventure, once you you put down the money and say, okay, I'm going to try this, you get it. It's one of those things that's really hard to put into words what the value truly is here. But ask anybody who's been on one and they'll look at you and say, I would do it again. And if you want to try the experience without um, you know, putting out for the, the seven-day or the 10-day adventures, the you were just talking about the embedded experiences. They have several of those, and you don't have to be on the cruise for many of them to actually enjoy. Uh, try one so for example i did the amsterdam not the amsterdam i did the copenhagen escape um which was just the land piece before we did uh the cruise and then they have amsterdam they've got one in paris now which is brand new and these are two or three night experiences so the cost is definitely doable and then you get the access that Disney gets and you get the the treatment and that VIP feeling in these locations. They also have Budapest, uh, Barcelona, London, and then um, uh, domestically they also have one in Boston and New York. And now they're even doing the Disneyland in Southern California small escape. So it's not the five night, it's down to a three night, but you get a lot of those backstage um, imagineering type experiences that you look for on the other ones that it, it definitely reduce reduce cost. They also do San Francisco and um, a winter in Wyoming escape as well. So there's a lot of options without having to spend ten or twenty thousand dollars to go somewhere to get uh, the experience of adventures by Disney. And there's two things I want to point out with this. One is I travel with my 
parents uh, and my brother frequently. And when you're the guy who has to do all the travel planning mm-hmm. and booking, Adventures by Disney is the way to go. Like, yeah, you have to, you know, you'll have to work with a preferred travel agent like Mouse Fan Travel to, you know, get it all squared away, pick the dates and get your airfare. I get that. But then when you're there, you have two adventure guides who get to be the guy to make sure that everything's okay. You don't have to make sure they get their room key right. You don't have to make sure that mm-hmm. they know where they're going. There's people to do that for you, and you can actually enjoy your vacation as opposed to playing travel agent for two weeks in a foreign country because uh, your family can't figure out how to do anything. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the, and I think you'll get this one too, but especially the the women who are listening in China – because I, I did a China trip too, but I did a completely different one. I actually did a buyout and modified it and did it my way <laughs> rather than Disney's <laughs> way. But it was still Adventures by Disney. And it comes down to when you are on those four-hour bus trips getting from one place in China to another place in China, um, they know where the best bathrooms are. <laughs> they know where to stop for a meal that's going to not – have you end up in the bathroom for you know eight hours after the fact they they've really done all of the research and they also can help you with the language because usually you have a second guide who is from that country that you're in so you're always comfortable it's not like you feel lost at any given time they've got everything planned out for you and they also have enough time that's on your own for you to explore and discover too so you're not always feeling like you're attached to 30 other people so i i truly am um an ambassador for this product i love it i think that they do a really great job in their itinerary planning they don't leave anything out and i'm so excited about japan i'm so excited for you guys to join us um this will be one of those things we'll have to come back and have a nice long chat about it uh, and dive more into Adventures by Disney after we do the Japan trip. The other thing I I wanted to mention on this was uh, you talked about it being group travel, and I guess that's the bland way of saying it. But at some level, everyone on this trip is a Disney fan. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, and not just ones that Becky buys out. I mean, no one, you don't get exposed to Adventures by Disney if you haven't, some affinity for Disney itself. Mm-hmm. And so there's always something to talk about, right? You know, what's happening at the parks or and then and then as you get those through using Disney as your icebreaker, then you get to know folks. So when we went to when we did the Mediterranean cruise with the Adventures by Disney package, part of our uh little group um was a husband, a wife and their two daughters. And I recognized this gentleman, but no one else on the uh trip did. And my mother got very close to the mother in the group and about midway through our little 12 day adventure um someone asks the the father well, you know what he does and he oh i work for disney and then next thing you know everyone knows what he did because he was scott trowbridge the producer of <laughs> star wars galaxy's edge and so now we get Christmas cards from Scott Trowbridge. Disney fans come to my house and think I'm someone important, even though I'm not. And, uh, you know, you make lifelong friends. Now, they might not all be Disney executives, but, um, you know, they will all have some level of connection to Disney. So it's not like you're going on a a, a random Colette vacation or something where you don't know, you know, these people are from around the world. You don't know who they are and you're not going to have anything to talk about. Yeah, you, you gotta, got some. You got you something got in something. common. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Alex, I've no, 
I've never done uh, an adventure by Disney, but on the cruise that we did, Adventures by Disney was there really trying to promote the brand to the Disney Vacation Club members on the member cruise. And we went to one of their presentations, and I was really impressed with um, the fact that everything that they do, they not only have a plan B, but a plan C, D, and E. So they (laughs) they had people, you know, there who had done Adventures by Disney you know, raise their hands and talk about, you know, their, their experience. And so one of them mentioned, you know, on the itinerary, they were, they were supposed to do something in Italy and it was, it was a scheduled thing. And, you know, all of a sudden they were doing something else and like, they didn't even realize, Oh wait, we, we didn't do the one, the thing that was advertised, but we had such a great time doing this other thing. And it was so seamless. And it turned out that like what they were going to be doing, there was like, um, I think it I think it had something to do with with the Pope or something yeah. like that in Rome. And and so there was like nobody was going to to be doing that thing that day. Um, and so they they diverted their plans and did something else and and still had an amazing time. And I guess they talked about the Vatican, I, I, which I've never been. And it's, it's not like even if I went to Rome, I don't I don't know that the Vatican would be on my my list to go to. Um, but they talked about it when you be. go as a well, OK, but well, and you've been you, you had had a great time but you know they talk about when you go to the vatican you're squished in with a ton of other people no other no photos are allowed they're they're very strict and they're really just trying to push you through um because so many people want to see it and for adventures by disney you get to go to the vatican after hour Mm -hmm. it's just you and your tour group photos are allowed and and you get to go at a leisurely pace and so you know it's kind of there's an example of like an opportunity you really don't get outside of of doing the adventure by Disney. Even the Southern California one, I've considered it before as a Muppet fan because I think it's one of the few ways you can get into the Muppet Studios. Right. Uh, which which I mean, it's easier to get onto the Disney Studio lot or to get into WDI through like D twenty three or a fan group than it is to ever get into the Muppet Studios, which used to be Charlie Chaplin Studios if you're a big film buff. So I mean, there's lots of those little unique things. Plus, I think. The, Disneyland Southern California excursion, I believe, gets you into Club 33 without having to know somebody or beg or barter. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> in a way, sometimes it's one of those things where you, you kind of mash two things, two important things together that they do have plans A, B, C, D, E, and F for any situation. And I, I leading groups for a living. Um, when I, I'm lucky to be able to do them with Adventures by Disney because you got two people that I become a hood ornament basically at that, time, at that point in time because they take all the heavy lifting. But there have been times that we've run into a couple of things that didn't quite go as planned. And to witness how everything happens behind the scenes uh, to make the decisions about how to pull it off is amazing. And you make this quick snap decision and then you roll it out and it's like, Nothing had ever changed. It was like that is the way it was planned the entire time. Um, but there are some things that are the sellable pieces, like being able to go into the Sistine Chapel and take pictures. They can't ever guarantee that, but that's the thing that can sell that. So they have a they're very careful about promising anything because, like you said, the Pope could take over the Sistine Chapel one day and say, Sorry, um, you're not going to get in because the Pope wants it. And I think it's probably going to be, you know, 
his he'll be the priority <laughs> go figure and uh they have to kind of quick uh, think quick on their feet the disneyland one though a lot of disney um fans will say well you know why would i spend that kind of money to do disneyland when i can spend a third as much and stay in the same hotel and go to the parks but it's the things that you get to do behind the scenes um going to imagineering seeing a presentation uh from there going in Walt's apartment um getting the backstage access to go see how the magic is made um if, if you're that type of disney fan that loves to see how the magic is made it's worth every penny you know it's it's funny you mentioned the magic is made one of the things that uh, just because my life, I, I often end up adventuring with an adventure guide who is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's um, so usually on the last night, we'll go hang out and I'll find out all the things that they ran around trying to fix and all the problems they've had that I was completely oblivious to. <laughs> but, you know, and as I should have has been as a guest. But then seeing the amount of work they put into, because when you're tra- – especially something like when you're in China where you're traveling around you know, on four different flights or whatever it ends up being, and you know, you're, you're, things happen. And to make it feel seamless and not like you're, uh, at, you know, things are flying off the rails is <laughs> a lot of work. And you know, they don't have the support of you know, 64,000 cast members like they do in Florida. So uh, kudos to them. Yeah, we actually broke a plane once in Ireland. So there's <laughs> a long story with that over a, a cocktail at Tiana's Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds. I'll, I'll have my uh, Goofy's bubblegum. Um, <laughs> so, but for those people that want to stay closer to home, presumably you're listening to this in the United States, which is a major presumption. Um, but you know. Some we're kind of in the midst of I'd say midst of we're in summer, but people might be planning their fall trips to both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And uh, there's some things I want to touch base on. So Disneyland, I'll start with. Uh, obviously, Galaxy's Edge is open. We talked a lot about it last show, but uh, presumably it will be less crowded in the fall than it'll be during the summer. Uh, uh, really? You think? Yeah. Should we put odds on that? <laughs> uh, I would hope. At okay. least if you go during the week. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but sure. you 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 also you also have be amongst the first guests to get to park in the Pixar Palace parking structure. Hey, now that is news. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, there's other things like the uh, you know the the emotional whirlwinds opening, uh, but probably the big sort of fall news for Disneyland is the Oogie Boogie Halloween party. Essentially, moving the Halloween party from Disneyland to D- DCA. Because, you know, I think closing Disneyland at 7 p.m. would be a tough sell with Galaxy's Edge opening. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Sounds like a lot of fun, though. A special world of color, which we already knew about. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's I, – it, uh, I, I, the you know, the Halloween parties, when they brought them back, started at DCA. So it's kind of a return to form. Uh, and uh, look forward to seeing what they will do there. Kind of – I think to me it helps it separate it from the Mickey's Not So Scary in Florida. Yeah, it gives us a little sub a different vibe. Well, it's got a little bit of a darker edge to it, yeah. and I like that. <laughs> I I like the feeling that um, DCA has allowed it to be a little bit more edgy, and with the overlay um, at Mission Breakout, which I loved last year. Monsters at the dark. Monsters at the dark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I really enjoy Halloween. If I had a choice between the two, I would probably prefer Halloween and Disneyland over World for myself because I, I kind of do like that edgier vibe. And meanwhile, Disney World will have – well, after, right after the D23 Expo, they'll open at Galaxy's Edge. We're still kind of waiting to see when Rise of the Resistance is going to open, but, yeah. so to be determined. Uh, the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot is happening, so enjoy yeah, that. that. That's crazy that every year it seems to get earlier and earlier because, let's see, this year it's starting, um, yeah, August 29th, which is yeah. the exact same day as opening at uh, Galaxy's Edge. So What a coincidence. I know. It's almost like they planned it that I way. know. I just wish they would have given us a week between D23 and the opening over there, though, because my feet are going to hurt. <laughs> but Your that, feet are going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, really. F- food and wine goes all the way until – uh, November 23rd this year. So remember back in the day when it was only like four weeks long? Yeah. <laughs> Are you too young for that? <laughs> no, no. I remember, I, I remember when it was like not even really at Epcot. It was like at the Yacht and Beach Club. Do you remember yeah. that? <laughs> wow. That is before my time, actually. They So and then uh, you know, obviously Mickey's not so scary. And they're having for the first time, I feel like in 20 years, um, a new fireworks show. This is exciting. For, yeah, because now I I'm I feel old because when I heard that I was like, didn't we just get Hollow Wishes? Uh, but then I realized because I remember the old Halloween show, but uh, apparently it's been a while. Wow. And so hopefully they can use some of the sort of infrastructure they built for Happily Ever After, which I adore, and kind of build some a new experience and uh, give you another reason to go back during Halloween. They do such a great job of pulling all the stops for their pyro shows. <laughs> and, I, and I know because the when you got those extra party tickets, too, and the hard, hard ticket uh, parties that happen, and they put out the, the extra special uh, pyro shots in the round, that's why I will pay the hard ticket cost just to see that <laughs> that show. But the, the one thing, again, I, I kind of cringe at this. I know it's great for some people, but for me – it's really hard to run around in a Halloween costume in on August sixteenth, which is when, is we, when the, we did the first we did the did first you? Halloween party last year. Just just the way the timing worked out, <laughs> and it, it felt weird. I mean, I'd rather do that than not go. But yeah, it kind of made Halloween feel very long. I can imagine like August sixteenth all the way to October thirty first is the Halloween season. Um, sorry, it goes all the way to November 1st. That's that's just a, a long Halloween. If they start doing it in June, then I might have to protest. Well, like, like I, I wonder how when Christmas would start if it wasn't for Halloween. Because you can't do Christmas yeah. before Halloween. But So I just want to update everybody. The uh, <laughs> the Toronto Raptors are NBA champions, winning by two. And Mike ended up waiting two and a half Ten, I'm sorry, ten and a half hours for the Haggard ride. Is he on it? He Did just he... got off of it. Yay! And just he says there's still about another hour of guests behind him in line. That's gonna be a fun and interview. Eleven forty forty five Orlando time. What time did Island of Adventure plan to close? Nine o'clock. Well, the park was scheduled to close at nine. By the way, the Raptors haven't quite won. It's zero seconds, but they're still playing for some reason. Oh. I don't understand. Uh, don't. Sorry. I, uh, I I just saw people cheer. Like, they showed the city sh- city shot. So, anyway. Was, oh, keep, but, keep uh, 
nice, uh, nice of them to keep it open, and uh, congratulations to all the Wizarding World cast members receiving some overtime today. What, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> um, the other uh, Skyline is going to be opening right uh, this fall, as well as the new ta- well, the new tower at Coronado Springs. The what's it called? The Grand Torino Tower. Yes. And then Riviera Resort. Destino? Which are all exciting. Didn't you say Torino? Did I say Torino? Grand yeah, Destino. Yeah. You're, ta- you're talking about the Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, and, and we're talking about the Salvador Dali Disney movie. Do you think they'll have the Destino song like in the BGM loop at the hotel? At the resort? I just, I, just, I, I hope the decor is not too inspired by it because I don't know if I'd be able to sleep. Oh well, yeah, maybe maybe like the the um in the wallpaper, it's all of those people riding bicycles with baguettes on their head. Yeah, like, it's a little creepy. Hmm. So Becky, I presume you're going out there to check out the new tower at Coronado at some point, right? Well, uh, the event for that is going to be in July. Um, I am not going to fly out there for a day, believe it or what? not. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have one of my staff members uh, that's in Florida cover okay. that one for me. So we will have um, pictures and postings and everything about the um, uh, about the resort. But for one day in the middle of summer, it, it's going to take a little bit more to get me to haul my cookies all the way across to, to be in 114 degree heat and 95 percent humidity. Uh, so um, and honestly, I have to focus on the season that is the D23 Expo because we do have a booth on the floor again this year. So my my time is going to be better spent focused here, I believe. But uh, we so are Can excited. you just ask your we're, – we're going to be there. As, I mean someone from our team will be there as well. But I, my request for you is to find out if they on the wallpaper if there's any people with baguettes for heads. Okay. I'll make sure to, to put that request in and see what we can find out for you. It's it's um it's by the way it, it is baguettes or potentially rocks on top of heads but not in uh, place of okay is the Salvador Dali design motif that is like peppered all throughout that short got it and it does have just FYI in case uh, you haven't seen it the tower is beautiful I have not been inside we were there when it was still under construction um, it's going to have 545 guest rooms and. That includes 50 suites, too. So a, a moderate resort that has suites uh, is a new thing, obviously. So it's going to be kind of cool to see uh, how it all turns out. I have a question for you, Becky. Yeah? I have stayed at every Disney resort on property. Mm-hmm. Do I need to book a trip to stay at this new tower to say I've stayed at every Disney resort on property? Or am I good having stayed at you know classic Coronado? Well, Honestly, you have to probably go to uh, stay here because the check-in area is a completely separate check-in area. So it would be its own standalone resort on the Coronado Springs property. And where would I go to book such vacation? (laughs) You can go to mousefantravel.com and see all of the wonderful packages that are available for all the Disney destinations. And you can put in a quote request. It's a no obligation request. And a vacation planner will get back to you with a quote and take care of all of your vacation planning needs. See what we did there? It was like like, like two professionals. And... And at no cost to you. That's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. They think using a vacation planner is always going to cost them more money. But 
always check if you're talking to a vacation planner if they charge fees or not. We do not charge fees for anything we do. Disney-related, Universal Studios. We also have Universal Fan Travel. And then MEI Travel handles all travel around the globe. So that's where you're going to get any of the cruise lines. If you want to go to England, if you want to uh, you know, take a, uh, a trip to Italy that's not Adventures by Disney, we can do all that too. Yeah, my parents are actually looking at doing a Nat Geo trip through yes. someplace. And I, I feel like it's okay because it's Disney now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel so bad about that scenario. Yeah. And I, I know that Nat Geo is a fantastic company. They've done uh, trips for several years and they do these really cool immersive experiences as well. Uh, you can't go wrong with them. And now the Raptors have actually won and by four points. Yay. Yes. And breaking news, July 19th at San Diego Comic-Con, Disney will be hosting a Mickey Mouse disco party. Yay. <laughs> now, do you think it's the same disco party D23 is doing? This is apparently, apparently this is a different disco party. Oh, these are also different disco outfits. These are more like a roller skating outfit. Who knew Mickey had more than 70, more than one seventies outfit. This is a little out of control. Where, where's the budget for this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, Mickey don't wear cheap clothes. I'll just tell you, you know, a man of his stature has to wear something custom. Uh, any case. Uh, yeah. And what do you know about Riviera? The conceit on that. I mean, I know it's a, it's a vacation club resort, but obviously Regular guests can see there as well. Yeah, see, that, that's another thing that's really confusing um, for people, too, that they always think that it's a – people say it's a DVC resort, which makes other people think that they can't stay there if they um, don't uh, have DVC points, which is totally incorrect and wrong um, because – the uh, vacation club properties have to sell a certain amount of um, of rooms on cash basis. So it's always open to people that aren't DVC members. So that's why I always encourage people to say it's not a DVC resort. It's a villa resort. Um, but, of course, it is inspired by Europe. It has a European feel to it. Uh, I think, if I'm correct, it's December 2019 is the... Uh, the focus for opening that location and it's supposed to be absolutely gorgeous with a view of the fireworks from different directions and uh, and it, it's going to be just I think it's hooked up to the Skyliner as well so it'll be easy transportation options from there. Um, I haven't seen too much besides some of the artist renderings. I haven't seen them of the rooms yet but um, it is really well located it's going to be uh one of those places that i think a lot of people are going to be drawn to especially because of the skyliner um, transportation option and uh, becky I'm, I'm not i know we did the little cheap plug girl here but uh i will say you're a big supporter of us i mean i don't just mean financially i mean you you always make sure we're in the know you help make sure that you know we everyone knows what laughing place is doing and we really appreciate that but also I do book all my travel to Disney uh, through um, Mouse Fan Travel because it just makes it simple. You know, instead of having – I just send them an email and it's done. I don't have to worry about getting on hold or, you know, figuring out all the who's and what's-its. It's, even as a Disney fan who knows what he's doing, 
it's not about you know having someone hold my hand it's about someone who just takes that stress part of the vacation off your plate and you can just be excited about doing the fun part yeah and uh you know it's not just for new disney people who don't know what they're doing it's it's why spend all that time and putting all your stuff into the website or calling them and being on hold when uh you can have someone do it for you at no cost and one of the things that we do, and, and thank you for your business, by the way, and we do support you because we love what you guys do for the Disney fan community as well. Um, but a lot of people think that, just as you said, that if you know, I know what I'm doing, I don't need help. But we can do as much or as little as you need. And one of the places that we are most helpful is when an offer comes out. Because those phone lines get clogged and can be, depending on the offer, anywhere from two to even eight hours hold time to get something applied to your your booking. So if you book something today and an offer comes out five months from now before you travel, if it could have been applied to that specific hotel and, and date, we do that for you. I mean, if you do all your own planning, great. But we can be the people to go, ah, here's a brand new offer. It came out at four o'clock this morning. We're on the phone. We're doing the whole time. We're applying the offer. And then you just get an email that says, hey, this new offer came out. We just saved you $800. Have a great day. Um, so a lot of people who know what they're doing and know the color of the carpets in every single resort and have a spreadsheet to plan every single moment of their day will use us because of that. We can take that time off of their hands too, which is really nice. And it gives you more time to go to on Disney vacations. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And to enjoy it more. And we're also an advocate for you because let's say for a moment you check into your hotel and sometimes this happens, um, it's oversold or you don't have um, the room that you had booked. And instead of standing there and hashing it out with the, the person at the front desk, you just call us. We tell you to store your bags and go have fun. We handle that. We will work with our partners at Disney and make sure that we can do the best for you. So we're your advocate if something doesn't go quite right. Um, anytime that the, one of the stories we always talk about, and it's kind of weird, but in a way we're kind of like flight attendants because when you get on a plane – it's, you know, here's your seat here. Do you need a pillow here? Have some peanuts. Um, we're taking care of you in route. But it's when things go wrong that you really need help. And sometimes you're stuck in um, your, your, your flight's been canceled. And so you need to move your uh, hotel reservation and you need help um, moving your airline reservation. And then you have to move your transfer. All you have to do is not stress about it. If you're at the airport and you're going to miss your flight and you're not going to get a flight till the next day, we can make all those phone calls for you. We can take care of it and rearrange it so that um, everything is taken care of when you do get there. And we can help you to get there in those situations, which sometimes happen. And, you know, there's I know there's a lot of travel agents out there mm-hmm. and I, I can't speak to everyone. I've used bad ones uh, where I regret it, but never had that with you guys. But also it's important you know, that you support the Disney fan community throughout many endeavors beyond well beyond laughing place. And, you know, if you're going to pick someone who's one of you, not just someone who's, uh, you know, oh, uh, just doing it for, for, yeah, um, we, we do put money back into the community, which is, we really like to support, uh, do events, do things that we can to, um, spread the joy and spread the magic. Uh, we also support charities. So every month we, 
select a charity and we give uh, money back uh, a portion of our profits every month, which is um, something that I'm personally really proud of. Um, there's a, a lot of endeavors that, that we like to take on because we want to be good community members. Um, another thing too, is that you need to really do your due diligence because just because somebody says, Hey, I'm a travel agent and I work for this agency or I own this agency in all honesty, doesn't really mean that they're fully licensed and insured to do the job. Um, there's many people out there that don't realize that it's, it's too easy to get the credential to be a travel agent um, without actually going through all the hoops and steps. And if they're not licensed in at least five states and they're doing business on the Internet, you might be risking your vacation money. So just make sure that you ask the questions that you much like if you were going to a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant, make sure that you've interviewed that that person, that you know that they're licensed and insured to do the job, that you click with them because you really do need to trust this person um, if they're making recommendations for you and your family or if you're handing them your credit card number, you want to be secure in the knowledge that they are going to take care of you like they would take care of their family member, which is something that that we strive to do and it was interesting because we were at um star wars celebration and we we felt it was interesting because that obviously there's overlap and there's plenty of disney fans there but as we're talking to people who wanted to plan a trip to um uh, star wars galaxy's edge who because they're star wars fans and they 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 wanted a little bit of extra help and we were just talk about what mouse fan travel does for us and you know they it really made sense to them because they they want to go to disney um they're not they don't know they're not uh out of the, you know they're not out of the loop they've gone to a convention they've planned all these things mm -hmm. but they were able to have someone who was really able to just take the um Take just take some of the burden off of it, and so as we're standing in line for 14 hours, you know, they email email the folks, you know, one of Becky's agents, and you know, next thing you know, they're going to Walt Disney World or Disneyland to live their Star Wars adventure. So it's That's so it's cool. quick and easy, and it's great. So um, we recommend them, as I said, not you know for novices, but also pros. But um, and there's just a lot going on right now. You know, it's yes. funny. I, I read the I read the annual report or you know the quarterly reports and it wasn't all that long ago that disney would invest invest a billion dollars into their domestic parks in a year and we're up to like six billion dollars wow uh, a year <laughs> in domestics uh you know and some of that stuff is like you know road work and things like that but you know i mean that's a, a billion dollar goes a long way so yeah. you know well, and, and, it, and so there's always something new i mean just look at uh you know what's going to happen at epcot and oh, you're going to find out a lot more in a couple <laughs> yes. a couple months. But, you know, I got a little bit of a sneak peek and it's there's some amazing work there. I know some of it's going to be controversial, but you can't say they're not trying. Oh, and, and uh, this is such a great time to be a Disney fan. This is so wonderful because we had built up to Galaxy's Edge, right? And it was like this whole crescendo and we hit Galaxy's Edge. But the moment that that's opened, we turned around 
and there's Marvel Land coming, and there's three new ships coming, and in Disney World, Illuminations is ending, but a whole new Epcot Forever is coming. There's new resorts opening up every time we turn around. Um, there's a Star Wars hotel on the horizon in a couple of years. There are so many things to look forward to right now that the moment that you're excited and something opens, there's something else to be excited about. And I'm right there with you about Epcot. Um, from what I've heard in the rumor mill, this is going to be amazing. And it's going to totally not take anything away from what we've been excited about and what we've seen opening so far. But the moment that we get that in the year that it comes out, there's going to be something beyond that to look forward to. So um, it's a great time to be a Disney fan. Absolutely. So with that, I'm uh, just going to go around the horn here and see if anything anyone's got anything to say. Alex? Um, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm excited for everything that's on the horizon from Disney parks and resorts and consumer products or what's the, what's the umbrella now? Disney Parks Experiences and Products. Thanks, that one. <laughs> uh, Kyle? Um, happy, currently early, but probably after you hear this late, uh, birthday to Shanghai Disneyland. Ooh, that's right. When is their birthday? Uh, I'd have to look uh, at my August time hop, 34th. but no, it's uh, like okay. I think it's this uh, June 16th or something like that. Wow, cool. Went by Becky, very quick. When does this come go up, do you think? Well, Sometime this weekend. get to it. <laughs> okay, excellent. And the reason I'm going to say that is because, um, don't forget, uh, on the 18th, on June 18th, Walt Disney World opens their 2020 calendar. So we're able to book packages and rooms for 2020 uh, starting the 18th of June. Baba Wawa? Huh? <laughs> Baba Wawa and Who Downs? Am I the only one who watched 2020? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I get it. Barbara okay. Walters. All right, that took me a minute. I'm, I'm you know, it's I'm, it's actually a combination of ABC, yeah, Barbara Walters and a Ducktales character named. You Papa got Wawa. me. That's that's all you do. You just got me awesome. at the very end. Saturday Night Live sketch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they um. Uh. So Kyle, you now have a due date to put this podcast up. Uh, I just <laughs> sorry about that, dude. <laughs> it's good. It's gonna give him structure. Uh. So. Uh, thank you, Becky, for joining us. It's fun to talk travel with you, as well as the other uh, fun we had this today. Uh, obviously, we appreciate your support. Uh, join us soon, because I'm hoping next podcast we can relive the agony, the triumph of uh, Mike Mack waiting over 10 hours <laughs> to ride one attraction uh, and paying $9 for one probably lousy hot dog. I can't uh, wait to hear that one. No, I don't <laughs> think he actually got the hot dog. He got a butter beer and he got free water, and he's heading home to a public sandwich at the moment. <laughs> that that sounds like miserable. <laughs> no, he's excited. He had what? A good no, the public, public sandwich, sandwich is fine. I'm okay with the sandwich. I just mean ten out, getting rained on, uh, being in line in ten hours. Well, the person in front of you and the person behind you have not changed. Sounds. I mean, I mean. He made uh, good friends. He made brand new friends. <laughs> how bad would it be? Or, like, or forever like, enemies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be positive about this. Nemesises. <laughs> and then, um, 
and so we'll hopefully have that. We got so much going on. We got Lion King's coming out. Toy Story 4's coming out. We got Comic-Con. We got Expo and a whole lot more. So it's going to be a crazy summer. Um, I know everyone's excited to hear what we have to say about Stuber. And uh, we'll uh, see you next time. So thanks for joining us.